Hi, and welcome to the Essential Tennis Podcast, your place for free, expert tennis instruction that can truly help you improve your game. Welcome to episode number 288 of the Essential Tennis Podcast. Today, we're going to be talking about tennis haters and really a very specific situation that we're talking about. And this relates to a text message that I received from one of our VIP students very recently that kind of set me off, honestly, and kind of made me frustrated. And so I'm going to be talking to you about that and also dive into why you're special if you're listening to this and why it's vital that you understand what motivates you and what motivates tennis players around you. And also we're going to talk about how to stay focused on your goals. And I think I'll probably run through this relatively quickly. I know that sounds like a lot, but I think the con- I think you'll get the concept relatively relatively fast, but it's a story that I think is very very worth sharing and if you're listening to my voice right now then I can 99.99% guarantee that it applies to you. And I think it's an important message for passionate driven tennis players out there. Before we get to that really quickly, Last two nice reviews left on, they're all nice reviews, left on uh, iTunes. Really appreciate that. Just everybody who's taken the time to leave a review on the podcasts app on your iPhone or if you're on a desktop on the iTunes music store. The last two were Jedki, that's J-E-D-K-I, and also I am KDP at 1981. Uh, to each of you, thank you so much for taking the time to do that. Appreciate that very much. So let's get right to this text message that I was referring to. This is this. I get texted more frequently these days. At first, I didn't really get a whole lot of correspondence, honestly, honestly, from our, our VIP students. If you've watched our YouTube videos, if you've watched our Facebook videos, then you've seen the videos of us working with students just in real life, totally candidly, just total real life footage of us working with students. And more and more frequently, I'm starting to get text messages and comments and questions back to me, which is great. I love hearing from those students because they invest a lot to come and spend time with us. It's a, it's a big time commitment. It's a big financial commitment. And so they're huge supporters of ours. And I love supporting them back as they continue to work on their game after they go back home after spending several days with us. And so one student in particular, I, I text with pretty frequently and I won't tell you who I won't tell you who it is, but but he's he's definitely listening, and uh, he and I chat back and forth quite a bit about different swing changes he's working on and experiences that he has on the courts, and so one of those text messages came to my phone just recently, and he wrote to me and said, "Hey Ian, I will." I had an interesting conversation with a guy I play tennis with. I told him I was reconstructing my forehand, and he was like, why would you do that? Uh, It may take you years, and you'll be terrible in between. Unless you plan on just being good when you're 65 years old, then what's the point? Now, just for context, this student, and this will narrow it down. For those of you who really focus on our content closely, this will narrow it down for you quite a bit. But this uh, this student is in his mid-30s, maybe early 30s. I'm actually not sure exactly how old he is, but I'm pretty sure someplace in his earlier mid-30s. So so this hitting partner of his is, is kind of 
kind of razzing him saying, what, what's the point? Like, what, why are you putting in all this effort? You're not going to be any good with your forehand until you're 65. So in other words, decades from now. So what's the point? And so the student texted me one more time and said, I mean, the 65-year-old thing is probably, probably an exaggeration, but I guess there is a point to what he's saying. And then, then he left. So I want to address this. And I, I've, I've addressed it back to the student already, and he's already heard a bunch of thoughts on this from me. But I think this is really critical. And listen, if you're listening to my voice right now, then you've experienced some level of this. And I have other stories that I'm going to be sharing during this episode. But if, you, if you're dedicated enough to seek out an audio podcast talking about getting better at tennis and mindsets and improvement process and all that sort of thing, then you're a far, far outlier in the world of tennis players. And I know that because we hear from our students all the time. The people who travel from around the world to come work with us, we, we sit across from them and we hear the same story over and over again. I don't have anybody to train with. Sure, people will go play matches with me. People will play games up to 10 with me on the baseline. I don't have anybody who has the patience, who has the dedication, who has the mindset to train and practice, much less make changes and take a step or two back in order to make a long-term step forward, which is what this, this student's hitting partner is giving them such a hard time about. So, the mindset around this is critical, and I think first and foremost, it's really important to realize that there's two ways to optimize your time on a tennis court. Way number one is to optimize for short-term results, aka winning more points and winning more matches right now. That's something you can absolutely optimize for, and I won't go into a lot of detail there, but it involves sticking with what you're comfortable with and sharpening those tools so that they're as confident and reliable as possible. And so that means, by definition, sticking with the technical habits and subconscious movement patterns that you already have and just doing the best you can to make them as repeatable and reliable and accurate and as much power and spin as you can with those movements, with those stroke techniques. That's short-term results. Or you can optimize for long-term development. And that means that's exactly what my student is doing. He's making changes that in the moment mean that he's not able to reliably make the ball go where he wants it to go. It means that he's moving away from his comfort zone and it's making it less likely that he's able to win a match right now. But in the long run, he's setting himself up for better success and a higher ceiling. He's setting himself up for more and better tennis down the road. But in the short run, it, it doesn't work. And so... <clears throat> When I say it doesn't work, it means that results will be less than what you would have otherwise if you just left everything alone and just continue to do what you always do. And so it's vital to understand, first and foremost, that those two things are at odds with each other completely, short-term results and long-term development. And this brings me to story number two. I just had a call with a different student that we had here in town just this past Saturday, just two days ago. 
And he's he sent me a text message saying that he was getting a little frustrated that he was losing a lot of matches recently while he was working on the action plan that we created for him. And so the the first and most important thing, well, the first thing I got across to him was first of all, always, you know, if you're frustrated, then tell me. I'm glad you texted me. But number two, and probably most importantly, was trying to give him the perspective that you cannot have both. You just can't. I wish there was a way that you could somehow do short-term results and long-term development at the same time, but they're at odds with each other. One involves doing something fundamentally different than what you're used to doing, and so the results will become completely, um, will be completely un. You won't be able to control what happens to the ball when you move away what you're comfortable with. They'll be completely unpredictable. That's that's what I was looking for. When you make fundamental changes to your movement patterns, to your habits, your strokes and re- your results become unpredictable, which means your results in the moment at the time will, will drop at first. On the other hand, if you optimize for winning right now, then you won't make the changes that we outlined for you in your action plan. And so you, you, to a certain extent, you have to pick one. You can mix and match, but if you try to do 50-50, then they'll both suffer. And so I, I'm not going to go into specifics of like uh, how many matches you can play and, and still make technical changes. We've talked about that in past episodes, and I'm sure I'll talk about it again. But for the time being, for the, for the sake of this conversation, I just want to get across to everybody listening that you can't have both at the same time and do both well. To a certain degree, it's possible to have both, but it's important to understand that you're, you are sacrificing one or the other or possibly both. You could be doing one or the other much, much better if you focused exclusively or close to exclusively on just that one or the other one. And so you can't have both. That's the point. The first and most important point I want to get across today. The second thing, which I already kind of unpacked a little bit, I got ahead of myself in the, the opening couple sentences. I want you to understand if you're listening to me right now, especially now that we're several minutes into the episode, I want you to know that you're weird and you're special and you're part of an elite group of tennis players. If you're listening, then I know that's true because you've really gone way outside the box to seek out audio input, audio instruction, audio guidance. And I want you to know that when you do that, when you step away from the status quo and you do things differently than the vast majority of those around you, which is what you're doing right now by listening to my voice, that makes the status quo uncomfortable and they won't like it when you try to do that and that's why players like my student who texted me gets kind of snarky comments or condescending comments like you're wasting your time why would you why would you possibly do that if they were completely just open-minded and objective then they would have no problem with my student doing whatever the heck he wants to do on the court they would have no problem with him using a two-handled racket which exists. They would have no problem with him completely rebuilding his technique because it's what makes my student happy is to pursue excellence and pursue improvement and pursue mastery in his tennis game. That's where he gets enjoyment and satisfaction and gratification from the game of tennis. Other players, most players, get gratification from just the surface level things. 
the exercise, the obvious things, the exercise, the, comp- the competition, the socialization, that's good enough for most players. But some players like you, and I'm talking to you listening right now, some players that's not good enough. They're not satisfied with just that. And that's me as a coach, that's me as a player, and that's, that's why I'm standing in front of a microphone right now talking about tennis. That's why I've been doing it for 10 years, is because we share that passion for the learning process, which makes me super grateful to, to have you as an audience member, that we have this connection. Makes me extremely, extremely grateful. Now, the fact that others around you complain, and it makes them wonder, it makes them wonder, the reason why it makes them uncomfortable is bottom line, it makes them wonder if what they're doing isn't good enough for you. They're wondering, oh, they must be looking down their nose at me. He or she must be judging me because I'm not rebuilding my forehand. And so what I'm doing, they probably think is a waste of time. And it makes them wonder if they're missing out. Oh, wow. Well, that's kind of at the core for a lot of these kind of responses. it's, It's people defending themselves and saying, wow, I wonder if I'm missing out. I wonder if, I, if, if Jim or Sally can make great improvements to their forehand by moving away from their comfort zone and, and maybe they've seen those changes and those improvements. It makes them wonder if they're missing out. And so the majority of people out there in life, not just in tennis, will work pretty hard to keep those around them from venturing out and really stepping away from the herd. And they'll work hard to keep the others around them contained in their little world and their little box. And that might seem silly and it might seem petty and it might seem beneath adults, but it's not. It's just human nature, even among tennis players. And if you're listening to my voice right now, you've probably experienced it yourself. So somebody optimizing for short-term success just won't understand where you're coming from. They won't get it. They won't understand the value in it. They'll think you're wasting your time. And uh, just one more story here was something that was posted in our our Facebook students group recently by one of our longtime VIP students. He, He was recounting the story of him going out by himself with a ball machine and targets doing a lot of shadow swings and dropping and hitting and then working with the ball machine and several courts down were a couple other players just playing a match and this student of mine could overhear them talking down about how he was wasting his time on the court and frankly just laughing at him and Sean, I'll just go ahead and tell you who it is. We just published one of his videos on YouTube, uh, which is which is all about how to hit a heavy forehand, which I strongly recommend you check out, by the way. Um, really, really big, immediate impact just in the day or two that it's been up already. Um, Sean's response was to walk over there and say, hey, guys, kind of heard you talk about what I'm doing. Um, thought maybe you'd be interested in, in hearing hearing what I'm the changes I'm making to my game. And then I actually ended up having a great conversation and you know, he's, it's not like he's trying to change their mind about what they're doing, but now they have a little bit different perspective, and that's that's great. But even if they walk away without really getting it, that's totally fine. And frankly, as frustrating as it can be, you should expect that kind of response from the peers around you who are just 
out for the surface level things from tennis. You should expect that there to be some level of questioning, some level of wondering if you know what you're doing and, and, and maybe making even some underhanded comments about you wasting your time and that sort of thing. And with perspective and kind of realizing where you stand, frankly, I think you should, you should accept those comments and wear them like a badge of honor. Because you hopefully will learn, you will grow to learn that you aren't on the court for the same reason as those other people. You're driven by something deeper than just the surface level wins versus losses. You're driven by something deeper than the exercise and the socialization. You're driven by something deeper than just hitting the ball. You want something better for your game. You want something better for yourself. And that's why you're listening to me right now. So if you're driven by the process of mastery and improvement, then own it. Own it. If, if nothing else, own it for yourself internally. Be secure in the fact that, yes, you are different. You are weird. It's strange for a tennis player to do shadow swings and the shadow swing footwork patterns and to hit with a ball machine and watch videos and record yourself with video and send the video in to somebody online and get people like all of those things are hopefully 10 years from now it won't be so weird anymore but it might be <laughs> frankly uh, it just doesn't it may not catch on in the culture for tennis and even if that's true even if that doesn't happen I think it's important for your own enjoyment, for your own satisfaction, and to avoid getting frustrated and avoid getting discouraged by the comments of the status quo peers that you have around you. It's important, I think, to understand that that you're driven by something deeper, and there's no need to apologize for that. There's not even any need, really, for you to defend it if you don't want to. Just know that you're doing it for yourself and there's a big picture goal that you have and there's aspirations that you have and that's something that you should feel secure in and totally own it and just go about your business. Otherwise, all that drama can be distracting or even get you down and be discouraging and frustrating. So you do you, let them do them and just realize that there's there's differences, big fundamental differences in why people are on tennis courts and you really can't mix and match short-term versus long-term. So if you've chosen long-term development, if you're listening to me still at this point, please know that I commend you. I have a tremendous amount of respect and admiration for what you're doing each and every day that you go out onto the courts. I, I know, I because I do this every day and I help players try to move through this every day. I know how challenging it is. I know how difficult that path is. It's not easy socially. It's not, it's not easy to leave your comfort zone. It's not easy to see yourself on video. All those things to, to most players are obstacles that they're not willing to overcome and you're meeting them head on. And so I just wanna let you know that I'm there in your corner and I'm cheering you on. And I know that in the long run, you're going to look back and be extremely, extremely grateful that you chose the path that you did. For more free game-improving instruction, be sure to check out EssentialTennis.com, where you'll find hundreds of video, audio, and written lessons. 
Also, be sure to subscribe to Essential Tennis on iTunes and YouTube, where we are the number one resource in the world, providing passionate instruction for passionate tennis players. Thank you so much for listening today. Take care and good luck with your tennis.